0: AOPA presents Never Again, true pilot stories from the world of general aviation. In this episode, a Balanca pilot discovers that landing in a cornfield is pretty exciting, quite violent, and very noisy. Stick a shoe in the door and cinch down those shoulder harnesses in Into the Corn by Scott S. Thomas. I was on a local pleasure flight in my Belanca Cruise Air, heading from Twin County Airport in Hillsville, Virginia, to Southwest Virginia. My friend Daniel, a student pilot, was in the right seat. I was the pilot in command. I planned to take off from runway 19er and make a large sweeping right turn to return to the airport. I anticipated a flight of 15 to 30 minutes maximum. Approximately five to seven miles from the airport, I was arcing back to the field at about 1,500 or 1,700 feet AGL in a cruise configuration, climbing gently, when I felt a sensation similar to driving over a rumble strip on a highway, without much discernible noise change. The engine suddenly backed off to idle with a mild shuddering sensation. The propeller continued to windmill. My initial reaction was to raise the nose and verify that the throttle and mixture were forward. They were. Still in a gentle climb as I decelerated to approximately best glide speed, I verified the mags on both and then left and then right individually, switched fuel tanks, applied carburetor heat, verified the landing gear and flaps full up, and retrimmed the nose. I judged the distance to the airport boundary and stated that we needed to have a field or two picked out in case the glide didn't look good after we stabilized. I quickly determined that we were not within a glide of the airport property and selected a field planted in corn we had seen just behind the right wing. My reasoning was that it was along a ridge of an otherwise very steep hill surrounded by other inhospitable hillsides and all the pastures had relatively close fences and had visible obstacles, rocks included, and cattle. I also reasoned that the corn would help dissipate energy. I briefly experimented with the hand fuel pump, starter, mixture, and throttle, hoping for at least partial power, with zero engine response. Daniel remained calm and very helpful. I initiated a brisk turn to the right, which put us on a slightly high angling left base leg. I told Daniel my intentions, and once I assured we were clear of the power transmission lines and towers, I confirmed we were configured for a full flap, gear up landing, and went left to right in the cockpit, turning off any potential hazards to our landing, including mags, throttle and mixture full out, master switch off. I told Daniel to verify the cabin door was ajar, at which point he asked about the wheels, and I stated it would be an intentional gear-up to avoid nosing over. Just above the corn, I realized my plan to touch down just as the field settled slightly into a bowl, the seaplane technique for water landings and swells, was off. And I actually went into the corn tassels seconds past that point, dragging the tail the descent through the approximately six foot high corn was very noisy and short-lived as it provided rapid deceleration as anticipated and we impacted nose high wings level very firmly and stopped almost immediately skewing about 30 to 40 degrees left just as we stopped Even with my experience flying from aircraft carriers, that touchdown and deceleration is at least tied for the most violent arrestment I have experienced. My inertial reel lap belts and shoulder harnesses were wonderful. As soon as we stopped moving, I checked on Daniel and told him firmly to get out of the airplane. He did so eagerly. As he exited, I handed, possibly through, the first aid kit at him and followed immediately. Once clear, we tried to confirm that neither of us was hurt. We remained somewhat away from the aircraft and then got closer to inspect it. I did not see or smell fuel, oil, smoke, or flame, and so from the wing I confirmed that I had the airplane and its systems turned off and looked for my cell phone. It was later found in the corn stubble about 12 feet from the cockpit, apparently having broken free of its yoke holder and exited through the lower right corner of the windshield. We set out through the corn, downhill in the general direction of the nearest road. I estimate our not-so-straight path to the first cattle fence and subsequently cow path to have covered what is actually only about one quarter mile. While walking, we both called family members to inform them of our experience and that we were okay. I also arranged to have us picked up roadside. We encountered the landowner at the bottom of the hill and informed him how we got there. He had no idea. I called the Flight Standards District Office at Charleston, West Virginia, and left a message and then tried the Richmond, Virginia FISDO with a similar lack of success. My wife then took me to the GALAX, Virginia Hospital because of increasing lower back discomfort. While in the waiting room at the emergency room, I was successful reporting the event to a flight service station operator at 1-800-WX-BRIEF, who told me that his computer entries were in fact passed into the government system and that I had therefore notified the FAA. We later discovered that the crankshaft had broken cleanly in two. It shut down all the accessories, fuel pump, mags, oil pump, the instant the rear third had stopped rotating. That put us in a glider with a big speed brake in just one or three skipped heartbeats. I don't count the successful outcome of this, or my previous four aviation bumps in the night, two military, two civilian, as the result of any exceptional pilot skills on my part but gleefully acknowledge that I had many good and thorough civilian and military instructors over the years who hammered the need for constant practice and self-instruction into my piloting. The result is that when something goes wrong, there's no need to think about it. Simply react to all the training scenarios and execute the sequence of corrective action you've already created. It's worked well for me. A few other thoughts mature corn is tall and thick so be prepared to be an imc for the last six to seven feet of descent your flare will be on the gauges ears of corn are heavy they easily take out plexiglass penetrate wood and fabric with no effort and will pretty much flatten an aluminum leading edge it's really noisy and the view is what a blender of avocados looks like. And shoulder harnesses are a must in front seats and really nice in rear seats. Even the STC retrofit kits are inexpensive insurance. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earle. Thanks for listening. Fly safely.